Good afternoon. Welcome to church. It's good to see you. I, before I do give the message, I just wanted to share a little praise point. My father, he, um, he's a believer. He hasn't always been a believer, but he is. He's been a believer for the last 23 years. 23 years. Derek, last year he got COVID and was sent into hospital. He had a lump on his lung uh, that he didn't know about. The doctor knew about it. They did a scan of his lung. He got COVID and then they put him into hospital. And then it wasn't until about two weeks ago that he went back to the doctor because the doctor wanted to do another scan. My, my dad said, so what was the first scan like? And the doctor said, there was a lump on your lung. And so he did the other scan and there's no lump on any lung. Like, and that's before any, like only the doctor knew about it. No one's been praying for it or anything. Like no one could boast about, you know, not that we would, you know, because we, we pray for healing. We, we, we believe in a healing God, but he just, he just stepped in and he just did it. It's just amazing. It's just a miracle. So I'm just thankful for that. But I know he doesn't always do that. You know, like it's wonderful when someone shares those sorts of stories, but it's, it's hard if your story doesn't have that ending, isn't it? It's hard. Um, so uh, tonight, we're going to look at how God is our helper. Now, if you've got your Bibles with you, we had the reading from Romans chapter 8. But um, who, needs, who needs God as their helper tonight? Yes. Who needs help? Like, I know, I know I've only been perfect for the last 10 years, but before that, <laughs> I needed help, right? So, yeah, we all need help, right? Um, God is my helper. Is the, is the title for my talk tonight. I'll be really quick. Jo Jesus, the night before he was crucified, he's meeting with his disciples in the upper room. He's just washed their feet and he's told them a lot of strange and confusing things for them to hear. Like for us, we go, oh, we know what he's talking about. He's going to die on a cross. But they had no idea. And Jesus says to them in John 14, at the beginning, he says, I'm going to go, don't worry, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to go and prepare a place for you and I'll come back and take you to be with me. And one of the disciples says, Jesus, where are you going? How do, we don't even know the way to where you're going. And what does Jesus say? He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father. That's John 14 verse 6. That's correct, John 14 verse 6. No one comes to the Father but by me. So that's, he's the way, the truth, the life. And he says to the disciples, it's okay that I go away because, because I'm going away, he says, um, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, says Jesus, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's an interesting thing for Jesus to say to his disciples, right? He's talking about a helper, but he's talking about another helper. Interesting, because if I was to ask you, I don't have any theologians in the room, I don't know, but have anyone ever heard of the, the word paraclete? Paraclete. All right, who's the paraclete? Who's the, par who's the paraclete? See, it's a tricky question to ask. 
All right. Now, that word there for helper is a Greek word, paraclete. All right. Yeah, you all passed. Well done. Greek class over. Paraclete is two words which are para, like we have parallel, paralegal, paramedic, alongside, right? Alongside. And the other word, what was it? Parakletos, parakletos, paraklenos would be to call. Someone called alongside. So Jesus is talking about someone who's going to be called alongside his disciples when he's not there. Someone's going to be there to help them. You might have in your Bible the word advocate, or you might have the word counselor, or you might have the word comforter, or you might have the word helper, like I have in my ESV Bible. I like the word helper because advocate's too big for me. Counselor makes me feel like I've got some issues. Help. <laughs> comforter, I like comforter, but it's just too mushy and soft. There's no power there. In fact, that's another story. Comforter is actually not what you think it is. But I want to focus on the idea of God being my helper tonight. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to send you another helper. Okay? He is with you, but he's going to be in you. Then Jesus says, down further in chapter 14 of John, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Okay? So this helper is the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit, okay? The Father's going to send him. He's going to teach you all things and, and help them to remember all that Jesus had said. A lot of strange things that Jesus had said to the disciples. A lot of hard teaching. I mean, it's hard enough having it in print form in your own Bibles, right? reading what Jesus had to say and what he was teaching about, eat my flesh, drink my blood, all those kind of cool teaching stories that Jesus talked about. What, what did he mean? What, what was he really talking about? And so the Holy Spirit is going to help with that sort of teaching. What did Jesus want his disciples to do? How did he want them to live? How did he want them to treat others? And a little bit further down in John 16, Jesus says to them, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I think it's beautiful. You know, we, we serve and worship one God. He is in three persons. And this is a perfect example of this one God idea or truth is that Jesus says, I will send him to you. Just before, he said, the Father will send him in my name. And before that, he said, the Father will send. So Jesus and the Father and the Spirit are all one. And they want to, guess what? Help. They want to help. They don't want to be, they, they want to, he wants to be your helper. God wants to be your helper. Why don't you turn to someone and say, God wants to be my helper. He does. You know, he really does. He wants to be your helper. You know what? He doesn't want to be your employee. He doesn't want to be your slave. He doesn't want to be your servant. He's not going to do everything for you. He's not going to do things that you need to do. He's going to do things that he can do that you can't do. Now, Jesus said to the disciples, I'm going to send you another what? Another helper. He didn't say, I'm going to send you another savior. Did he? We have one savior. He died 
to sin once for all on a cross 2,000 years ago. We enter into that wonderful union with God just simply by believing that, accepting that Jesus died for my sin on the cross. I believe that. He rose again. He's victorious. And one day I'll meet him in heaven. All right. My salvation done and dusted. Jesus didn't say, I'll send you another savior. We don't need to be saved every day. There's no, I, there's no concept in the Bible at all, but we do need to be helped every day, right? It was great during the week, we had a midweek group and someone brought up the reminder, hey, you know what? Even in this life of following Jesus, we still need to remember that we're forgiven. Amen? Amen. So we have, to, we have to say, Jesus is my savior, but he's still not finished with me changing on the inside out. He's still not finished with me. Every single person that Jesus came to for help, he actually sent them away better or challenged to become better or to think about what they were doing. He's so good. He's a helper. And he said to the disciples, I'll send you another helper who will be not just with you, but in you. Isn't that awesome? That God would, leave, would not leave us alone. He would come and help us. So what I thought I would do is I'd bring up this verse that uh, Ruth read for us earlier from Romans chapter 8. I love Romans chapter 8. It starts off with these words. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What a great start to a chapter, right? And then you just keep reading it and you're like, oh, it's so good. And it's got in there verse 28 where it says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according. So it's just beautiful. It's such an awesome chapter. Read it. And then there's like nothing that can separate us from God's love that's in Christ Jesus. It's fantastic. And then there's this verse in, in, in middle in verses 12 and 13. You'll probably be reading it. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. All right. You have a sinful nature that wants to urge you to do something to separate your relationship with God. Each one of us have a sinful nature right now. We lose that sinful nature when we're dead. Okay, please don't die tonight. We like you alive. But between putting your faith in Jesus for your salvation and the moment that you either die or your, your, the resurrection happens, Jesus comes back again, we will struggle with these two natures that are alive inside of each of us. We have a sinful nature and we have the Holy Spirit in us. He goes on, verse 13, For if you live by the sinful nature's dictates, you will die. But if, through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. I think that's beautiful. It means that I don't have to have all the power or the strength to overcome the sinful desires in my life. I've never had, I've never had to do it myself. I've always had a helper. Guess what his name is? God. God. God is my helper. God is my helper. Yeah, Jesus, Holy Spirit, any one of those, you're fine. You're fine with that, all right? All right, so I thought I'd do a bit of a, what's this, an acronym? H-E-L-P? Let's do help, all right? You're, you probably already know what L is just by looking at it, right? But how does a Holy Spirit helps us, all right? Now, when I think about my life and the struggles that I have with my two natures, right? My sinful nature and my, my, my born-again nature, right? My Holy Spirit nature. Those two natures are always fighting against each other. Now, you like me better when I'm being influenced and, 
and led by the Holy Spirit. Trust me, you don't like me when I'm led by my sinful nature. No, no one does. Although maybe we can get by sometimes. But what I love about God is that when I'm in my darkest moment, he's here. He is right here. Where are you at tonight? No, 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 not like physically here. That's good that you're here. But like, where are you at? Like, where are you spiritually at? Like, in your walk with Jesus, where are you at? If you're struggling, maybe, maybe, someone, here is, maybe someone here has got hidden sin. You know, maybe, maybe you got just like you're walking on cloud nine and you, you're, this is the best moment in your Christian walk. Where are you at? Because it doesn't matter if you're struggling with sin or you've just committed sin and you still haven't confessed it or you're walking on cloud nine and the Holy Spirit's just anointed you for awesome works of service and you're just going to do stuff. It doesn't matter. God is your helper right here. He's right there with you. And you know those times, I know you've never had them, but when you're on your own or you've got leisure time and you think, gee, what can I do with my time? And what the devil would try and do and your sinful nature will try and do is have an agreement. Let's try and pull this person away from God. I want you to remember that he's your helper right here, right? Right here. I love, oh, and the next one is, E is everywhere and everyone. I'm going to pull these apart a bit, actually. Everywhere and everyone. Psalm 139 says that he's everywhere and he's working. He's working in everyone. Now, he's not in everyone, but he's working in everyone. And the, that one's obviously learn. He helps us to learn. And this one is, he helps me with purity and power. All right. So we're going to unpack it. Here, first off, here. When I'm praying, I often like to think that I know what to pray. We could pray, for, we should pray for each other. It's great to pray, all right? But read some of the prayers in the Bible, and they're not prayers like, Lord, keep us safe. They're not prayers like, Lord, help us to, you know, uh, have a good day. They're prayers like that, that the, you know, the eyes of your heart might be opened. Uh, that you might get to know God better and better, that your love may grow deeper into his, into his love. Um, I don't know how to pray, but he helps me in my weakness. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. All right? So he helps us in prayer. Okay? Psalm 46 verse 1 tells us that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's not just present in trouble. I think it's important that the, that the writer of, of this psalm says he's very present. Because I need to know that. When I'm in trouble, if it's, my, if it's my bad or someone else's bad, I need to know that he's very present. He's, he's present to help. He's there, right? All right. Next one. He's working everywhere and in everyone. All right. Psalm 139, 7 to 8. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. The whole psalm is talking about how God is everywhere. All right, His spirit is everywhere. You can't run from God. You can't run from God. He is everywhere. Okay? Anyone ever tried running from God? You find out that he's everywhere, right? Can I share? I tried running away from God once. And I was in my car and I changed the channel off of the Christian radio station because I was just thinking about following God at that point in my life. 
I thought, no, I'm not going to listen to the Christian radio station. I'm going to listen to the rock and roll radio station. So I turned that on. It was a song about love, never letting you go. Then I changed the channel to something else. Guess what it was about? You know, it's, it's, and every single song that I, each channel that I went to that wasn't a holy, sanctified radio station, God was there speaking to my heart. Did I listen to him? No, I didn't. I kept going my own way. But the point is that God was there. And he could have helped me if I let him. Jesus said to the disciples, I tell you that, oh, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit is actually working in the world. I need to remember that not only is he my helper here in my life, but he's actually trying to help other people that I'm connecting with too. You know those family friends that you, those family relatives that you're praying for, that God will work in their life? Guess what he's probably doing? Working in their life. That neighbor, we've got a neighbor talking about a neighbor before. God's working in his life. I really believe that. The Holy Spirit is, is working in his life. Is the Holy Spirit in those people? No. But he's working in their life, drawing them to Jesus, helping them to come to a point where they recognize their own need for forgiveness of sin and their own unrighteousness and their own need for a savior. I don't know about you, but I need a helper. I need, I need a helper. I need a helper to help me learn. This is the L, the L word. Jesus said to the disciples, but the helper or the advocate or the paraclete or whatever you call it, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's dangerous territory, isn't it? I mean, you know, how do you know if it's the Holy Spirit teaching you? He will teach you. It's a promise. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. If you want him to help you learn, he will help you learn. Uh, Jesus goes on. When the spirit of truth, he's called, comes, he will guide you into all of the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Holy Spirit will help us to learn. And he's talking to the disciples too. He says to the disciples, there's even more things that I want to teach you, but you can't handle it right now. It actually will be better if I'm away from you and the Holy Spirit helps you. I don't know about you, but I would love it if Jesus would just be with me for a week. Just come with me in the car, teach me some things. And just like, you know, if he was just right here, you know, just going, no, Ian, you shouldn't talk about that. Talk about this now you know, and just help me that way. Wouldn't that be great if Jesus did that? You know, wouldn't it be great if Jesus was at your Monday meeting that you just don't feel like being at, you know, but he might give you some wisdom if he was there, you know, wouldn't it be great? Well, he is. His Holy Spirit is with you if you want him to help. He's not going to step in and do it all for you. He's my helper. He's your helper. He's not your employee. He's not your slave. He's not going to do something that you can do.
God is my helper. The last one is P. Now, I chose purity and power because of our scripture for today. You see, there's some things that I think I've got power to overcome. And I've tried. You know, I used to, I used to be alcoholic. I used to be into drugs as well. And I tried to overcome those kinds of things myself. It didn't work. I needed help. I needed supernatural help. I needed help from above. You know, it's, it's one thing to uh, go around the room and clear all the cobwebs and, you know, all the cobwebs. You ever noticed cobwebs in your house? You clear the cobwebs out the way? You do that all the time. I know at my house, outside in the, in the outdoor area, spiderwebs everywhere. Oh, my goodness. So I'm out there with my little, you know, those little brooms with the round head on it, and you, you clean all those spiderwebs off, and then you're putting all those spiderwebs in the bin, and then guess what? Two weeks later, you're out there again clearing all the spiderwebs off and putting the spiderwebs in the bin. Why? Because I haven't killed the spider. Like if sometimes we feel like we can do things in our own flesh and keep doing it, but we actually just need to kill the spider and we can't kill the spider. Only God can be our helper in some situations. Only God can bring the victory over sin and, and, and uh, addiction. God can bring the victory. And in fact, he does. The Holy Spirit produces fruit in our life if we allow him to. And the fruit of the Spirit is not rage and anger and lack of self-control and revenge. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Amen? Amen? For if you live by the sinful nature's dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the sinful nature. You put to death, but in the power of the Spirit. It's a waltz. It's keeping in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to fix all of your problems straight away. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to send you another Savior. You're saved, right? He said, I'm going to send you a helper, a helper to help you to become more like me, a helper to, that can help you reveal God's kingdom to the world around you. More like me. And he has the power as you allow him to overcome those sinful nature deeds in your life. He wants to help you become more like Jesus. I think that's great. He wants to help me. But he doesn't want to do it all himself. Does that make sense? Here we go. In Galatians 5, Paul writes, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. That's the Holy Spirit, right? And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. What's he talking about there? He's saying that each one of us have the potential to follow our sinful nature or the nature of the Holy Spirit. And it's our choice. Each and every day, it's a, it's a choice. Whether you want to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way, or if you want to allow, you know, Ian to have his way, or whatever your, you know, sinful nature is called. 
Down further, he says these words, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them, done and dusted, saved. Jesus has paid the price, right? Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. All right? So until we get to heaven, we are in the wonderful predicament of being followers of Jesus, filled with God, my helper, but still struggling with our own sinful natures. My point is, ask for help. Ask him for help. Don't focus on your own sinful nature. Ask him for help. The more you focus on the spirit here to help you, the spirit that's also working in everyone else, the spirit that's helping you to learn, the spirit that gives you power to be pure, the more you focus on him, the more you're going to become more like Jesus. He's already in you. So there you go. Help. Help me, God. Help me here. Help me see you working in other people's lives too. Help me learn about Jesus your way. Not that other people don't know, but, you know, help me learn. And help me with purity and power. Who wants to ask for help tonight? I do. Let's pray. Father, we, we, we just need your help. We just need your help. I need your help to be, a, to be a husband. I need your help to be a brother. I need your help to be a dad. I need your help. We all need your help, Lord, in our different parts of life. Some of us need your help more than others. Some of us know that we need your help more than others. And so we come to you, Lord, and we say, help us. Help us represent you well. Help us follow you and help us learn and help us know that you actually have a wonderful plan for our lives as we focus our hearts on your Holy Spirit in us, leading us and guiding us. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us. Fill us afresh. Have your way. Help us, Lord. Don't do it all, but please give us the strength to get through. In Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen.